today on Lawyers Rising. The practice area that you go into will determine what happens to you. How much does the law school you went to matter? Hello and welcome once again. I'm joined today by Harrison Barnes, the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search. Harrison, good morning. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about the school that you went to, which is an obsession for many professionals, but perhaps especially in the legal community. Whether or not you went to Yale or Harvard can say a lot about you, at least some people think it says a lot about you. We're going to try and upend that kind of pervasive attitude out there. But before we do that, why don't we just talk about just how pervasive that attitude is? How important is it in the minds of many? But what school you go to? Uh, where did the? Uh, why? Why are people so obsessed with this question? Well, I think that you know the people that matters most to are the people that are thinking about going to law school. Um, then, you know, when you're in law school, it, it's it's important to some degree, degree. And then, you know, when you're when you're just out of law school, I guess it can be important. But after a while, it do, it doesn't really matter. I think it's something that's really overemphasized, and especially by young attorneys. And mainly just because young attorneys, uh, you know, their, their first jobs in many cases will, uh, you know, be determined by the law school they go to. But, you know, subsequent jobs, not as much. Harrison, can you talk a little bit about how difficult it is to get into law school? I'm sure some people listening are wondering just how arduous is that process? Well, I mean, it is fairly difficult to get into a good law school. I mean, it, 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 te- it tests a couple things. I mean, the, the first thing that you know, is important for going to a good law school is typically, uh, you know, how well you did in college. And then the next thing is typically your LSAT. And then I would say that, you know, depending on the school, uh, somewhere in the middle of that is going to be things like the quality of the college you may have gone to, and then other things that you did while you're in college that will distinguish you. But for the most part, I mean, law schools are concerned with your grade point average and your LSAT score. And um, the better ones, you know, which is probably, you know, a handful of them, I would say, you know, five or six of them are going to look a lot at other things like your extracurriculars and the, how difficult the classes were you took and that sort of thing. Being a great student really matters. Perhaps not the school that you went to as much, but grade point average, for example, or how well you did on the LSAT is really indicative of future success, right? Well, I mean, the, your grade point average and, uh, you know, in a lot of cases will show, uh, you know, your ability to, you know, go to class, which is to show up and to, you know, to study and to, you know, and depending on the school and how difficult, uh, you know, grades are to excel compared to, you know, your peers and, uh, you know, and then, and then to, you know, to, to take to take school seriously. Because I mean, in a sense, I mean, being an attorney is somewhat of an academic exercise. I mean, you're paid for the most part to, you know, sit behind a desk and uh, analyze information and do a lot of reading. And, you know, the LSAT tests certain things that, you know, that uh, attorneys that show kind of their abilities and and their natural skills uh, to, you know, to take apart information and to reach conclusions. And, uh, you know, so the the, the grades and, and that someone gets in law in college and their ability to do well in the LSAT, to some extent, will have uh, some bearing on on how well they're likely to do uh, in law school and and the quality of the attorney they're likely to be. So, you know, the 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 quality of the law school that someone goes to in many cases and not all uh, is going to show uh, you know something about 
uh, that person's aptitude for being an attorney, but certainly it's not going to determine whether or not they're going to be successful. Let's talk about some of the factors that matter more than just which school you went to. And let's just start off by talking about on-the-job training and what you learn in your first couple of years working in a law firm as compared to actually going to law school. I have to imagine that actually working at a firm is going to give you a much more rapid education than even four years at law school. Can you talk a little bit about how important on-the-job training is? Yeah, I mean, you don't really learn to practice law uh, when you're when you're working in a uh, uh, when you're take when you're you know going to law school or applying to law school even. I mean, you you learn to practice law uh, in the law firm uh, you know in the law firms you work. So you know when you're when you if you work for a really good firm and you work around really good people, they're typically going to um, you know show you the way that they approach problems and. Uh, and if you can keep up with them and uh, in their work and excel in those type of environments and stay there for a long time, then that's going to be a lot more important than where you went to law school. So, you know, an example would be if you get out of um, law school and you go to a very good firm, and even if you didn't go to a very good law school or even do particularly well there, uh, you know, having spent several years in that really good firm, um, is probably going to be, you know, it's definitely going to be taken more seriously than wherever you went to law school. How important are your grades in law school when it comes to getting a job on the other side? Well, I mean, when you're, when you're looking to get a job uh, in uh, coming out of law school, um, one of the reasons it's important to go to a good law school uh, is if you want to work in a really big firm in a big city or, in a, you know, in, in the best firm in your market. So, you know, if you go to a really good law school, a lot of times that will help you uh, because there'll be, you know, very few, there'll be as few people coming out of the, you know, the top law schools. But if also, if you did very, very well in law school, even if you went to a smaller a law school that may not be as highly ranked, that can also help you get into a good law firm. So, you know, doing well in law school is just as important as, uh, you know, I mean, if you did, if you're at the top of your class, let's say, you know, if you're like, you know, at a top, you know, a law school that may be ranked, you know, I don't know, 25 to 50, and you're like one of the top five students in your class or in top 10% or something, that may be just as important, uh, you know, as going to a handful of top 10 schools, uh, you know, when you're applying for jobs. So anything that just shows, you know, you really uh, excelling and uh, doing well uh, and distinguishing yourself is, is important for getting into good law firms. Thinking strategically about your career and what path is going to be the most lucrative or at least the path uh, for most potential success is a really important one. And choosing a practice area is a key part of that. Can you talk a little bit about um, the difference between practice areas and why choosing one over another might really have, you know, to really change your future for, for the benefit, uh, for the positive? Yeah, and, and in many, you know, many extents, I mean, uh, the practice area that you go into uh, will determine, uh, you know, what happens, uh, you know, to you. So, you know, and, and the other thing that's kind of interesting is, you know, depending on the economic climate, a practice area can, can have a big impact on, on what ends up happening in your career. So, uh, but yeah, the practice area you're in matters uh, is a great deal. So, you know, when the economy is really good, for example, uh, you know, corporate law tends to be really in demand. And so even if you're working at, at a firm that's not the biggest firm or the most prestigious firm, if you're a corporate attorney when, they, when the market's really good, that can make a huge difference a lot of times in your career. And then 
um, other times if you're a, uh, you know, like, a, you know, um, in, in certain niche practice areas, like that can be, uh, can, can, can be very, very uh, helpful. So, you know, there's, there's certain niche practice areas like, you know, patent law, trust in the states, uh, immigration, healthcare, uh, ERISA. And a lot of times, you know, if you're in one of those practice areas, you know, there's just not a lot of people in those practice areas. So, you know, and, you know, and there's not a lot of experienced people. So, you know, if you if you, even if you go to like a law school, that's not that great. And if you come out and you, you know, you become, uh, you know, an example of a hot practice area right now might be healthcare, then, uh, you know, you can get very good jobs. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting, too, is that, uh, you know, everything really in the legal world is about supply and demand. So, if you think about the problem of where you went to law school uh, is an issue, it's all about supply and demand. So, you know, there's obviously fewer people coming out of a law school like Stanford than there are coming out of a law school, um, you know, like Ohio State, for example, or, a, you know, a big, uh, you know, state school. There's going to be a lot more people uh, coming out of, out of those, you know, types of law schools. So, um, so anytime there's more of something and, 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 it, and something is harder to get into, then it becomes, uh, you know, more, this, whatever there's few are becomes more in demand. So there's very few, for example, comparatively to other practice areas, very few patent attorneys, very few healthcare attorneys, and, uh, you know, very few people in those types of practice areas. So, you know, if there's demand for those people, then um, they'll get hired and they get hired at big firms, regardless of where they went to law school many times. It's just everything is about, um, you know, how many people have that type of experience. You know, I really like that because it gets people thinking about the marketplace that they're about to enter into and really start to think of it as a marketplace. And, and what kind of part of that and part of being a successful business person is understanding the market that you're entering, the market research that goes along with it. Again, things that maybe not, are not as emphasized in law school, if at all. And um, it's, it's really important, I think, especially for younger people to kind of get that plan in place to start to think about where they're going to go over the next 10, 15, 20 years. And, and um, can you give some advice to them about how to kind of go about conducting that kind of market research? I have to imagine like reaching out to a, an attorney search firm like BCG Attorney Search would be a great place to start, but maybe you can give some other pointers as well. Well, you have to position yourself as something. So, you know, the, one of the things is, for example, like, you know, most attorneys end up going into litigation. And the reason they go into litigation is because, you know, most attorneys come out of backgrounds where they were, uh, you know, doing English or, you know, political science or something like that in college where they were doing a lot of writing and um, and then they go to law school and, um, you know, law school to some extent teaches a lot of litigation school skills. So they go into litigation. So the problem is, is most attorneys are litigators. So, you know, if you go into litigation, you're not going to really have very much anything special to offer uh, an employer uh, when you're a couple years out. And so one of the things that's interesting is large law firms when they look at litigators, they typically want them to have clerkships and the order of the coif and have gone to, you know, the best law schools because they really need something to distinguish litigators from just kind of litigators that are out there. And then, you know, most litigators. And then even with litigators, they want them to be very, very specialized many times. So the more specialized you are, the better. So, you know, my advice always is if, you know, it depends on what you want, but, you know, you're going to have a lot more, um, you know, career stability generally when you go into something that requires a lot of kind of training and is, 
uh, in a law firm environment and is and is difficult for people to break into and has a little bit a little bit of a barrier you know like you know an example would be patent laws like that uh you know, executive compensation and ERISA's like that, corporates like that. And then there's different branches within corporate, um, you know, many types of real estate law are like that. And so just the more, the more you have in terms of, um, you know, skills that other people don't have, um, the, and the longer you do something like that, and then presumably the fewer people there are with your expertise, the better off you're going to be. And it really doesn't matter where you went to law school. I mean, some of the best like ERISA attorneys out there, I mean, went to law schools, you know, that, you know, aren't even in the, probably the top 200 or 100, you know, three, you know, so, you know, and same thing with, you know, other practice areas like immigration or healthcare or just, you know, a lot of niche practice areas. So it's, it's, you, ha- you need to make yourself marketable and you need to have, you know, something that is unusual. And that's not to say you can't be a good litigator, uh, but if you do want to work for someone else, then, uh, you know, you need to have some special types of skills. So those are some of the external factors that really matter when you're trying to build a career. But let's talk a little bit more internal and about the things that an individual can change to really ensure their success moving forward. And starting with just being stable uh, and staying in jobs for a consistent amount of time and being able to show that and demonstrate that on a CV. Can you talk about why that isn't so important in the eyes of potential uh, you know, firms doing hiring in the future? Well, if an employer is going to be hiring you, uh, then what they're going to, then you know, they, they want to, they want to make sure that compared to other people, you're, you're likely to stay put and you're likely to, um, you know, work hard and improve and, um, and take direction and, you know, not leave, um, you know, the first opportunity or, you know, when something goes wrong. And so, you know, there's just, there, there's different types of people. I mean, there's people that, you know, consistently will, you know, put their head down and work very hard and stick with any job and only leave, um, you know, uh, under, you know, kind of, you know, under rare conditions. I mean, you know, if there's a really, really good chance to dramatically get ahead or, uh, you know, or something, then maybe that's the reason, or if they're moving, uh, moving geographically with a spouse or something. But other than that, um, you know, most, most people won't leave. So, you know, so the, um, you know, so if you have a lot of employment stability, that shows that you're likely to, things are likely to work out wherever you go. So anytime, um, you know, I'm working with someone, if they've been at a firm like, you know, five or six years or three or four years or, you know, a good length of time, and then they look, uh, the markets are always going to be much more receptive to them than if they're the opposite and someone that doesn't stick with jobs a long period of time. So, you know, that can actually make it much easier for you to get into a, you know, a better firm or, or whatever, if you're able to, uh, you know, show some stability where you're at. I have to imagine being able to demonstrate that you've had a high rate of billing for at least a portion of that time is also really going to improve your chances, right? Well, yeah, as a partner, yeah. And, uh, you know, because of, for a partner, that's going to show uh, that clients are willing to pay the bills for the work that you do. And then, yeah, and then, if you know, the, the more hours you can bill, I mean, that's always a good thing, too, of course. Yeah, trying to reinforce just how important the business element of this is, as opposed to just going to uh, law school. Um, and your reputation's got to be really important, too. Um, everybody talks, everybody gossips, especially inside industries. And uh, I have to imagine if you have a, a reputation 
education um, that is positive, that too is going to really help you moving forward far more than just going to, to Harvard or Yale. Yeah. I mean, um, having a good reputation, uh, and, you know, is, is important. I mean, most markets, I mean, people know, you know, who has a good reputation and who doesn't and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, treating other attorneys well uh, is certainly important, uh, you know, and, and the best attorneys, you know, want to work with people that have a good reputation. So, you know, building up a good reputation in your practice area, whether it's by, uh, you know, the things that you um, do professionally or people that you're working with. I mean, yeah, that's, that's very important. How does somebody demonstrate their kind of commitment to their practice area? Because you want to appear to be, as you mentioned, very stable um, and, uh, and very engaged with the practice area that they've chosen. So what are some good ways to do that, either engaged in the community or otherwise, to kind of demonstrate that uh, to future employers? Well, I mean, you know, the best attorneys will, you know, what, what I've seen is they just, they really uh, have a real interest in what they're doing. So, you know, they'll, they'll write articles about uh, different issues that are happening in their, uh, in their practice area or in, in the law. They'll, um, they'll give a lot of talks. They'll, um, they'll network and go to, you know, lots of networking events. They'll, many times they'll take outside classes. They'll teach classes. They'll, um, they'll just really have a lot of energy and, and a lot to give to the to the professional world, and it will be very focused. And so, you know, anytime someone sees, and anytime there's an attorney that's really putting themselves out there, most of the time the, uh, you know, the market responds well. I mean, they get business. Uh, you know, it makes the firm that they're with look good uh, if someone's out there and kind of publicizing things. And and so. You know, the more the more interest someone has, I mean, and the more commitment they show, uh, you know, the the better off you're typically going to be. You know, industries uh, are always difficult, and they can be very clicky at times. Uh, and indeed, they have stereotypes, just as people do. They uh, in, in institutions can have stereotypes as well. And so, I kind of want to wade into somewhat dangerous waters here with talk, by talking about some of those stereotypes that are built into, you know, individual. Uh, firms, perhaps not industry wide, but uh, and I guess what I'm getting at here is talking about how you look and how you appear and how that can dictate your success. Um, it, it has to be said, it, it probably is a shame maybe that this is the case, but it is the case, right? Can you underline that for folks and talk about how that plays out in the industry? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, um, you know, I mean, law, you know, when you're, when you're an attorney, I mean, you're representing uh you know, clients. And so, you know, the clients want to see you as, you know, someone that, that they, you know, that, I mean, the law firm and you're representing the law firm as well. So, you know, when I was actually a summer associate like this, um, and I was at a, like a big New York law firm and um, the most successful, um, you know, the, the, the person with the most business in the firm, you know, one day I was talking to the you know, associate, the uh, summer associates, associates, and he said something like, "You know, the reason I dress the way I do and take care of myself, and I'm a fitness nut and all this stuff, is because you know, when clients pay my rates, when they see me, they want to think, holy cow, this is my attorney. So they they want you to you know look like you're you know you're worth all this money and have the kind of the presence that you're worth all this. And you know, I've noticed it's it's not with all attorneys, but uh, the people that get hired uh, to work for other attorneys and that are our attorneys or uh, a lot of times the most successful attorneys, I mean, it's important. I mean, you want to, you know, you want to be able to, you know, look your best and uh, to speak your best and 
have presence and, um, you know, and, you know, and, and look good and, you know, go into interviews well-dressed and you want to be, you know, fit and, um, you know, and all those sorts of things. I mean, it's, it's important and, and, you know, you're, you're going to be better off. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, um, you know, I mean, taller men are more likely to get hired. I mean, it's just, there's, there's all sorts of kind of, you know, things that, that just the way law firms operate and, uh, you know, and most employers operate and, you know, people that are better groomed are likely to get uh, positions than ones who aren't. So, I mean, it's just, it's just how it works. I mean, years ago, I worked with this guy that uh, was first in his class from a big law school. And um, he would go into interviews in like a, an ill-fitting suit. And he had long hair and lots of facial hair. And, um, but he was first in his class from major law school. And no one would hire the guy. And I was like, you know, listen, you just got to get a haircut and get fix your, fix your suit. And um, you know, and, you know, and he refused. He's like, no, it's not, this isn't who I am and stuff. And so you, you know, the problem is you just have to, people have to take care of themselves and, you know, and, um, you know, and, and it's just the way it is and you have to be the best you can. I mean, certainly that's not to say that, uh, you know, you, you have to be someone you're not, but, you know, you want to, the, the people that do that are typically get more, um, you know, more interviews. Um, I used to have a recruiter here that was, uh, he's since passed away, but he was literally one of the first legal recruiters in the United States. And, uh, and when he would tell me about his candidates, like he would always lead with, you know, how they presented themselves. And I was like, and I always thought like the most important thing was, you know, the school and the firm and stuff. But he seemed to believe that the, the presentation of the candidates was very, very important. And um, and, uh, and that was something that he'd learned, you know, over, you know, 30 plus years of doing this work. So, uh, you know, or maybe 40 actually, um, and was he right? I don't know, but, uh, it mean, it mean, it means something. You know, we talked a lot about like physical appearance, but it's not necessarily all about that as well. I mean, personality has to play a big role in this as well. Um, I'm sure there are plenty, plenty of really good looking people that are horrible to be around and have hurt their careers because of that. How important is personality? Do you think? Well, personality is very important. And I'm not saying it's all about being good looking. It's just, you know, it's just having a, you know, just trying to present yourself, you know, in a way that is professional, you know, for the law firms and and that's all. And, um, you know, and being and looking professional, you know, if, if there's two similar people with two similar backgrounds and, um, and similar personalities and one person, you know, comes in a bad looking suit. And, you know, I mean, I remember one time, um, you know, I was uh, interviewing this attorney and, uh, and he came in and uh, he, you know, this is a guy that was probably making, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't know, but I mean, several hundred thousand dollars a year. And he was wearing a long sleeve shirt and it had, um, it would, had to been dry cleaned so many times that, you know, it was literally like, you know, coming apart at the sleeves, you know, like at the end of the sleeve, each of the sleeves. And I was like, this is just, you know, it's just not cool, you know, to, to present yourself that way. How can you go in and interview for a, a half a million dollar year position and expect them, you know, and when you're going to be meeting with clients, you're going to be spending a thousand dollars an hour on you or whatever. And, um, you know, not even get a decent shirt, you know, so it's like, I don't know. So it's not just about being good looking. I think it's about just 
you know, how you dress and that sort of thing. I mentioned stereotypes before and biases that can happen inside of institutions. And I just wonder that, you know, we see this, like, you know, there's certain institutions that are, you know, primarily uh, Jewish or maybe primarily Catholic or maybe large amount of black people, et cetera. Like this, this kind of clickiness does tend to happen across society and the legal industry is not immune to that as well. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. I mean, you know, people hire people. I mean, you're not supposed to say this and, you know, but they typically will hire a lot of people that are very similar to themselves. Now, I don't know that, I, I don't like the fact that that tends to organize itself around, you know, racial and, you know, backgrounds or social backgrounds. I'm not really sure that that should be that way. Because, I mean, you know, I, I've certainly grown up and or at least went to school in, in some fairly diverse environments. So, I mean, when you do, when you're around people that are, you know, when they're around a lot of diversity, you realize that, you know, that there's just different kind of personality types and you're comfortable around different types of personalities and they can be of all sorts of different races and religions and stuff. But, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that are difficult to break in society. And I think that um, a lot of groups uh, will organize themselves and around, uh, around that sort of thing. So, um, you know, so, you know, that, that can be very, very important too. So you can actually get into certain environments, you know, where it actually may be more important than where you went to law school. If you're, if you're working with people, um, that are from your type of background, uh, you know, and, and that, that happens. And, um, you know, and that may in, in a lot of firms and probably a good, good number of them, that's probably more important than where you went to law school. You know, building a successful legal career is so often contingent on lots of work, lots of hard work, lots of good work, and, and that means lots of hours. And displaying that kind of commitment to a law firm is probably the, the single strongest thing that you can do to ensure that you have a successful career. Can you talk a little bit about that, about the, the kind of commitment that will be expected of you or, and how to go even above and beyond that to, to really push yourself to the top? Well, um, the, the idea with, uh, you know, with the commitment is that uh, a lot of times people may want to do other things. They may want to work in, not just work in a law firm, but they, they may actually have a long-term goal of working in-house, or they may, you know, want to be a judge, or they may want to go in the U.S. Attorney's Office, or, or to be a law professor. And so a lot of times people have all these other sorts of things that they really want to do. And um, you know, or they may want to have a business or something. And so, you know, what happens is law firms will pick up on that. And, um, you know, when they're interviewing you and, uh, and, and they can see that. So, you know, if you're not committed to working in a law firm, you know, uh, that that's going to hurt you. Another thing um, that that's important is, you know, not even, they don't like it when you take time off or, you know, or, you know, they don't, or, or too much time. So they want people that are committed to kind of their tribe and, uh, you know, and doing that type of work. And if they see that, then they're much more likely to hire you. Any final thoughts about this conversation about the things that matter more than just what law school you went to? I think we've covered a lot of the important basis from the external factors to things you have to do and kind of recognizing the landscape in terms of a market. How, how do you want to wrap this up, Harrison? Well, I think the most important thing to understand is, you know, that the law school is, you know, really just on your resume. It's really all there is. And then when you get into a law firm and you start working, uh, it's really about the quality of your work, how hard you work, 
the level of commitment that you have, um, you know, the quality of your arguments, uh, your ability to generate business, your ability to get along with your peers, your, um, you know, your the hours you bill. I mean, I, all, all these things have a lot more to do with your long-term success than uh, where you went to law school. Law school is just a sign that you, you know, were able to do well on um, an admissions test and got good grades, uh, you know, or wherever you went to college. And so that it's important where you went to law school, but it's not, it's certainly, you know, there's a lot of things that are much more important uh, in the, in the end than where you went to law school. Harrison Barnes. Thanks for making time for me. Thanks. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.